0: Welcome back to our 3PL Summit, your FreightWaves TV virtual event. I'm Keely Nix and very excited to dig into the Spire chat with one of my favorite people in the freight industry, Charlie Safro, president and founder of CS Recruiting, who is joining me today to talk a little bit about the wild, wild west of recruiting. Charlie, thank you so much for joining us for the 3PL Summit. A really interesting topic that fits into the
1: 3PL space. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here talking about talent is always timely. So there's a lot of interesting updates in the market that we're seeing. And I call it the Wild West. And I like truly mean every single
0: syllable of that statement, right? Because the last really three years kind of been this crazy up and down market. We've seen labor demand completely change over the last three years. And we're in a space now where job seekers either need to be comfortable where they are, or get uncomfortable with the fact that they might not necessarily find something new. Where do recruiters lie in a market like this from a value prop side and just from a job side
1: overall? What does your daily life look like? It is an interesting market indeed. So if we rewind maybe a year or so, just to set the tone, we were in a completely different market last year, really a 180. Last year, we had candidates in what I call the driver's seat. So the candidates really had control Um, they could be picky. They could have wants that they really wanted to focus on as their must-haves. And today, like I said, a 180 where the companies are in the driver's seat. So um, companies have a choice now to be a little pickier. They know that candidates are looking for jobs. There are more candidates than there are jobs. So what that does to the recruiting market is um, very interesting. It's a time now where we are I would say, overwhelmed with talent. Not all the talent we're talking to is unemployed, though. We're talking to some really great passive talent, and it's simply because there's just fear in the market. We've seen the layoffs. We've heard about some of these mass eliminations. So even those that are employed and doing well are starting to just get cold feet or wonder what their value is, what else is out there. So um, as a recruiter, we're very candidate-heavy, but that's a great thing. Our, Our goal is to help everyone we can.
0: So with that change in the market, as you mentioned, about a year and a half ago, you we were truly seeing the employer, the job seeker, the employee, sorry, the job seeker have this power, right? The ability to make demands of their current employer or maybe step out on a job search and say, hey, these are my absolute non-negotiables and you can't talk me out of them. Now, as a job seeker or a potential job seeker, you either need to get at negotiating with your current employer and saying, hey, I would like a little more of this or can I please have some of this instead of being so demanding? Same thing on the other side. When you're a job seeker in a market like this, kind of got to take what you can get, right? But part of your job as a recruiter is to be an advocate for your job seekers while simultaneously being an advocate for your clients, for the companies who are using your services. How do you guys find that happy medium between taking care of your job seeker, making sure that they are set up for success while also taking care of your company, your client?
1: Yeah, recruiting is matchmaking. I mean, it is bringing the right people together at the right time. And that is what our business is about. So um, in a market like we're in today, I think one of the more important things to note is just the types of jobs that are in high demand. So we are seeing a lot of sales positions right now. But one caution to candidates is that companies have Low tolerance. So a very short leash, unfortunately. Um, but you're exactly right, Kaylee, that the companies are more in the driver's seat. Um, last year, we really saw companies start to focus on culture and talent brand and providing more flexibility. And they're really starting to tighten up there. So we have to play that middleman. We have to play that matchmaker at the end of the day. Um, we believe in retention. And even though we are recruiters and we want to help companies fill vacancies, find new talent we are most excited when we can work with companies that truly know how to engage their employees and retain their team. And our goal is to be along for the ride as they grow. So when new positions surface or there are backfills because someone got promoted, that's where we really want to engage. So again, just keeping that balance, trying to make the match at the right time. So obviously, this is our 3PL Summit. We're focusing heavy on the brokerage
0: space. And you guys at CS Recruiting specialize in transportation, finding your transportation jobs for the transportation professionals. With specific regards to brokerage, oftentimes the seat of a brokerage floor can feel like a revolving door, right? You have the new broker in, they hang out for maybe six to eight months, and then they're on to the next. What does this kind of look like when you're trying to get people who might have been in that kind of washing machine cycle of job to lay off or job to leave? And how do you make them desirable candidates or help them find that match when they've had maybe a tough go of it in their actual work-life environment?
1: Yeah, one of the, the positives that came out of the Great Resignation was skills-based hiring. And that is exactly what we do because we are focused in this industry. We are representing many 3PLs. We also work with asset-based carriers. We work with shippers, tech companies. So really helping candidates understand their soft skills and hard skills. What did they learn on the job? What do they want to bring with them to their next employer? What are their soft skills? Are they reliable? Are they strategic? Are they analytical? Because that is what companies really are looking for when they have a talent gap. So as I said before, companies are getting a little pickier. Um, They focused a lot on skills last year and kind of set that trend, which is great news. But really just working with clients to identify what are the skills. Of course, a cultural fit is important, but that's also part of someone's soft skills. Um, And that's how we can guide candidates is really helping them recognize what they've done, what value they can bring to a new position, a new employer, and then helping them really expand their search. I know we've talked about non-competes before, Kaylee, that could be a huge hindrance in someone's search. So even if somebody does enjoy working in a brokerage, if they're released, if they decide to leave, they may be restricted. So helping them just realize what their true potential is and and bring those skills to the table.
0: I'm glad that you mentioned the soft skills and that emphasis on soft skill hiring and just skills-based hiring in general, because it's honestly a really underrated thing, in my opinion, especially when you look into a space like transportation and logistics, who depends so much on the certifications that you hold or the education that you've received. A lot of days now companies are putting less emphasis on the degree that sits on your wall and more emphasis on what type of experience what type of life skills do you bring into your job is that something that you guys have seen on the recruiter side as well maybe a little bit less emphasis on you need to have a bachelor's degree with 18 years of experience to get into this entry-level sales right because that can turn a lot of people off of job seeking yeah
1: And it really comes down to the employer. I think that we are definitely in a time now where employers are coming to recruiters and saying, I want to hire someone who did the same job at my direct competitor. I want them to come in, hit the ground running, bring their book of business. That's just not possible anymore. So employers really understanding the skills behind the production. And when I say it comes down to the employer, what is that leadership team doing to onboard people, to train people It's a lot easier to hire someone with sales skills who can come in, learn the industry, and then hit the ground running versus hiring someone who just did the same job at your competitor. Um, So really leadership, putting the training in place, putting the ability to identify these skills and leverage them, that's a whole new layer of recruiting right now. So the transportation industry has seen its
0: fair share of layoffs and some stress specifically in the freight tech space. But the general tech industry itself as well has seen a lot of pullback in employer employees so far these last first few months of the year, really. Do we start to see any crossover of these employees who have really strong tech backgrounds now making their way into companies who have dabbled in freight tech or want to get into freight tech, but are looking to hire exceptional talent now coming from outside the industry? And with those employees and those
1: individuals, if they're coming in, are we seeing them pick up the skills pretty quickly? That's a great question. And when you think about technology in this industry, you know I'm going to make a bold statement that we've really only been a tech-forward industry for probably the last 20, 25 years at the most. So when you think about that, you have to understand that there is not a ton of talent in this industry that knows trucking, transportation, over the road, and also the tech piece. So when we work with companies that are tech forward, we usually hear one or the other. Either companies really have a strong tech team and they know their programmers, their developers are solid and know what they're doing. And those clients come to us really wanting that industry experience. They want tribal knowledge. They want a veteran, someone who's been there, done that, seen everything. But then we also hear the flip side. There are many companies that start with transportation talent, they evolve into the tech space, and then they'll come to us really seeking someone who's had true tech exposure, even if it's outside the industry, and and maybe even from an industry that was a bit ahead of our industry as it relates to technology. Um, so it really is, is two-sided, but it comes down to what the company has, where the leadership came from, and where they see the gap. It's, it's always a gap on one side and an imbalance. So we've touched a little bit on established
0: candidates in the freight space and people who are maybe looking to make their jump but have an established work history. I want to finish this up talking about new entrants to the industry, specifically in the Gen Z space. We see a lot of folks, Gen Z specifically, coming out of high school, maybe with less of an intention to go to college, but maybe more of an intention to go to a two-year program or go to a technical vocational school, pick up some of those hard skills, and then try and translate them into a very fruitful and fulfilling career. Do we think that the logistics industry is ready to accept maybe that changing mindset around what work can look like to this younger generation? Or are we still kind of stuck in our ways and it'll have to take some time for adaptation?
1: It's a really interesting time right now with so many generations in the workforce. And I spoke about this about five years ago. And to answer your question, five years ago it was, How do we resist what this younger generation wants? They want to wear ripped jeans to work. They want to sit on their couch while they work. Um, They want to have tattoos and colored hair. And it was very resisted five years ago. And I I do think that the pandemic brought a silver lining, more acceptance, more understanding, more empathy. So right now, my theory is we've got to adjust. The new generation, not only are they speaking up for what they want, but honestly, what they want is what we all want. We all want respect. We all want flexibility. We all want to work for a leader who inspires us and in a culture that we feel connected to. So my, my advice to the new generation is be yourself, but definitely explore this industry. There's so much to offer. And my advice to employers that are hiring at that entry level is adjust and, and take the opportunity to learn from them. Use this as a chance to maybe evolve your business the way you're structured. And make room for some new talent that is is definitely ready to have a voice and make an impact. You've got to let
0: those young whippersnappers come in and whip up some change. And I'm allowed to joke about that. I'm 26. I'm on that cusp of the millennial Gen Z. So, like, we can joke about it here. (laughs) That on the flip side of that, with the folks who are on the older side of the spectrum, with the boomers who are making their exodus, I think about a lot of the drivers in this space specifically who might be older, retired military veterans or folks who've been in the industry just driven for years on years on years. How do we think that it's going to look like the next maybe five to 10 years as we go through the replacement cycle and getting people into those roles that we find vacated?
1: Yeah, I mean, in the last three months, just in in 2023, we have seen about a 25% increase in roles with seniority. So let's call them director and above positions. But what that tells us is that companies are promoting from within or they're growing and adding different levels to their hierarchy, which is in turn making room for this next generation. So that's exciting to see. We definitely had a bit of a lull last year with a lot of independent contributor needs. Um, but now we're starting to see these elevations. And I will also say that um, we saw the highest, not not great for us as recruiters, but the highest amount of our lost placements. So we got a candidate to the finish line, did our work, um, but we lost most of our placements in the last five, six months due to an internal promotion. So those are the situations where, you know, it's disappointing because we really had a great candidate that we stood behind, but If something's going to happen and that person is not going to get the offer, the next best thing is an internal promotion. So really excited to see companies starting to look at their talent internally, understand the importance of engagement, retention, and then again, make room for some new faces. The talent cycle is one that just keeps on turning and it's
0: Great, because we always have something to talk about when it comes to that. Charlie, thank you so much for joining us for of the 3PL Summit. If people want to reach out to you guys at CS Recruiting, learn a little bit about the services and maybe get involved, they're looking for a job themselves or if they're a company who's looking for recruiter services, how can they go to do that?
1: Best way to find us is on LinkedIn. So follow me on LinkedIn or follow our team. And whether you're looking for a job or looking to hire, we'd love to connect and chat with you further.
0: Speaking of jobs, um, definitely check out your company as well, because I hear the work-life balance is fabulous. And you guys have hit some pretty good milestones as a company too recently, right?
1: We sure have. We're going on 13 years, fully virtual for the last two years. But um, you know, maybe because I'm a selfish leader and I want (laughs) to do things that, that work for me and they just happen to work for the team. But no, we're all about listening to our team, hearing them, seeing them. And and really being as progressive and dynamic as we can when it comes to retention and employee engagement. Best kind of leadership out there, Charlie. Thank you so much
0: again for being here. Thank you guys all for staying tuned for our FreightWaves TV 3PL Summit. So glad to have you. If you miss any of our sessions today, of course, they're on demand following the event on tv.freightwaves.com. And stay tuned. There's plenty more coming up.